0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Carrie Edelman Radio Show. The song you just heard is my song Run off of my debut album, Leave It All Behind, which you can find on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. So I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Um, We have an amazing guest coming on in a moment. It is Blues musician Meyer Rozabi from New York City. And uh, he's going to be our guest for this evening. He's going to talk all about the blues, the release of his debut album called Blues is the Color which is available on Amazon, and I will tell you more about him in a moment before I bring him on. Um, for anyone who is new and turn, tuning into the show tonight, just wanted to give people some brief information about the background of my show. Uh, as a clinical psychologist, as well as a singer-songwriter and a person who is involved in various areas of entertainment, including freelance writing um, and such, I've always had an interest in combining my clinical interviewing skills, my psychology background, and my entertainment background. And one of the things I was really interested in doing was creating a show that was basically made to support and promote various persons in the entertainment industry to assist them with getting their names out there. Um, I personally know how difficult it is, especially when you manage your own career, and the show, again, is, is really meant to help these people Get the word out there, let the world know who they are, and promote what they're doing. Um, So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, the experiences they've encountered, as well as what it is like to be in the profession. And a few things I just want people to keep in mind is that although I am a clinical psychologist, the show is not meant by any means to be providing any type of formal treatment or therapy. Um, If my guests bring up any psychology-related terms or questions, we might talk about them but it will be in a very broad um, broad kind of overview of the topics that come up. It's not going to be personalized in any way. And the other thing is also I want my guests to really feel open to talk about whatever they'd like. So if you're going to talk about any controversial or uh, intriguing stories that have certain persons or organizations involved in them, I just kindly request that people keep any identifying information anonymous as the show is not meant to embarrass anyone, but I do want the show to be really honest and open so that people can, you know, tell some funny stories and things like that. Um, If you are interested in becoming a guest on The Carrie Edelman Show, just uh, go to The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. There's a bunch of information under my info section, and you can read that over to contact me. For those who are in the chat room and have not created an account, please uh, create a blog talk radio account to join us in the chat room where you can ask Meyer questions, or you can call in during the show at 805-243-1320. So I'm sure everyone is really excited to get to the interview, and I personally um, have had the pleasure of um developing a friendship with Meyer outside of uh, Facebook, so I met him on Facebook, and he's just been such an amazing person. He's a phenomenal musician. Um, He's an overall talented singer, composer, blues, jazz, guitar player, and as I mentioned, he is debuting tonight. We're going to play two songs off of his album, Blues is the Color, and his album definitely exudes his strong songwriting skills, exceptionally dynamic fretwork, and soothing-to-the-ear soulful vocals. On his album, Um, if anyone is interested in purchasing it, and we will plug the heck out of it tonight, it features nine original songs, also along with two cover songs and an exclusive bonus track, which he recorded at the Mexicali Live in New Jersey. Um, He also has um, an amazing drummer on his album. who's also a close friend of his, uh, which is the Grammy Award-winning drummer Marky Ramone from the Ramones. So he's on a couple of his tracks, and we will play one of those tonight. And uh, finally, we'll talk a little bit when he comes on the air about who who he's inspired by and who his influences are. So, without further ado, let's bring Meyer on. Hello, Meyer.
2: Kerry, how you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
2: (laughs) All right. Good, good, good. Uh, How you doing with this heat? Unbelievable,
1: huh? I know. It's not not really bad yet. Supposedly tomorrow and Friday is when it's really going to hit.
2: Right, I is know, it is I it bad out your way? Yeah, I mean it's it. There's no movement of air, so it, it's you know it's really yeah. you're getting like uh, it feels like you're in I don't know where, like you're on a, one of those planets with no air, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh gosh, well I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to hear that, but I hope that you're staying cool.
2: Thanks, thank you. So, yeah. um, what's going so. on?
1: Nothing much. So I wanted. I was thinking. Um, I hope the intro was good because I wanted to save some of the stuff for you to talk about. Um, so I thought you know, getting before we get into the really nitty gritty of the interview, just having you talk a little bit about where you're originally from. Um, was music something that you just always wanted to do when you were growing up, when you were a little kid? You know, talk a little bit about your background. Um. Okay.
2: Well, I was uh, raised in uh, Brooklyn. I was born there and raised there. And um okay. I I always liked um, blues guitar. You know, I was always just, listening yeah, to just, the blues. Maya,
1: real quick is there is there people talking because there's feedback or something in the background? It's okay, wait, hard. hold on a second.
2: Around, okay. Okay, it's better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was just it was hard to hear you because there was some uh, stuff going on in the background. But okay. Okay.
2: So anyway, yeah, so I always liked the blues, um, even as, you know, when I was growing up and uh, listening to, like, Johnny Winter and Clapton and Muddy Waters and um, pretty much, you know, most of the blues greats I was always listening to. And uh, I kind of just, that's what I wanted to play, you know. I mean, I I play jazz, you know, um, and I love jazz too, uh, but I always come back to the blues.
1: Nice, nice. Was blues something, I mean, was that something your parents were interested in? Like, was it something that was just always playing in your house or just something that you just kind of took a liking to?
2: You know, I kind of like, pretty much it wasn't, there wasn't much music going on in my house. It was pretty much um, something I fell into. Uh, I just found that there was so many different variations and uh, Mm -hmm. even though, like, it is, you know, blues is kind of sad sort of, but it kind of cheered me up growing
1: up okay
2: so that's why i liked it nice it's so that kind of how thing. old what were they you when about the
1: blues? what did they oh go ahead
2: <laughs> no no what i was saying was sometimes they say about the blues is um what's calling they say it's the blues is about a good man feeling bad you know
1: that's okay what okay that's what, <laughs> that's an interesting way to put it but yeah i mean that makes sense um, you know So how old were you Did you What did you first start doing Were you just making up Your own like vocal melodies Or did you Decide you wanted to Pick up a guitar And learn how to play guitar So Kind of what did you Gravitate towards Gravitate towards first
2: um, Well first uh, I was 11 years old And um, I got my first Electric guitar It wasn't the greatest one And <laughs> then uh, By 13 um, I got A, a, a decent Gibson Gibson SG, which okay. actually I still have, you know, and uh, I started playing that, and, and about at 14, I started, pl- believe it or not, playing clubs.
1: Oh, wow, you know? nice.
2: Yeah, so, and as actually they served alcohol, but back in those days, they weren't that, you know, they weren't totally strict, and we used to go right. in, like, with our friends, older brothers and, and sisters and stuff, so we kind of, like, you know, we just played and, uh, it was funny. I mean, I mean, I remember one of our gigs. Believe it or not, was was an actual gogo bar.
3: Okay. You know, it
2: wasn't really, it was yeah, it was it was crazy, but it was, uh, and it was actually in Coney Island, in Brooklyn. Okay. You know, so we played there a bunch of times, and uh, and don't forget, we were like fourteen, and right. it was just uh, it was it was fun. It was it was really crazy, it was, you know. And uh what was, and
1: then, I mean, what was that experience like for you as a fourteen year old? Were you like kinda like, Oh my gosh, like was it shocking to you being in that type of an environment or not we just really?
2: laughed, it was so funny. You know, <laughs> you, when you kids you laugh at everything, so we were just laughing right, right, the whole right. time. <laughs> we couldn't even play, we were just laughing so much.
0: So oh, that's funny. You know, it was
2: just that that's it was funny. that kind of thing. It was uh it was so abstract and you know, like um it was just, and we were playing at that time. We were just playing like cream and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and,
3: right.
2: And it was, and it was just, uh, it was. They liked us. They, we, right. we played there a bunch of times. You know, at one time we played in a jazz place. We said that we played jazz, and I think okay. we were about sixteen. And they wanted us to play jazz. I mean, that's what they hired us for. And we ended up playing blues. We ended up actually playing rock. And they oh, loved wow. it. They thought it was come back. It was it was so funny. <laughs> like you, you never know what's gonna happen. You know, you do a show like I did that one last night at the World Bar, you know, on um, oh, okay. awesome. First Avenue. And I did and it in an that acoustic go? act. Oh, it went great. It was it was funny because uh it started out of we well, Uh, My friend John Thomas was playing uh, bongos. He also plays in the band, The Blue Meanies, and he played with a bunch of other uh, people. But he played uh, bongos on that because it was supposed to be like a a total acoustic thing that we were going to do. And it ended up where the band that came on before me ended up letting me use his PA and some of his equipment. And his band members didn't show up, so we ended up playing like almost uh, another half hour because we really oh, only wow. were supposed great. to play like 15 minutes because there were other acts, and it was just a... So we ended up playing a lot <laughs> most of the night, and then they came on. It was a funny... It just worked out funny. You never know how things are going to work out.
1: Right. But that's great that you got all that extra time because you didn't even anticipate that, so
2: that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't care because I... Actually, the reason why, because the lady that was running it was saying, like, you know, keep playing something, and he was saying to play until his band members came because he wanted to keep everybody... Uh, it right. was like almost like a black tie event. It was funny too. That was another Oh wow. You know, different kind of yeah.
3: It was funny and I was <laughs> playing cool. blues,
2: acoustic blues, you know. So it that was also another funny gig.
1: Nice. You know? Nice. So um yeah, so tell us a little bit about um some more of your influences, especially with this this album that you have out now called Blues is the Color. And um yeah, talk a little bit about the album and We'll get to playing some songs in a little bit, too.
2: Uh, Okay. Well, Blues is the Color, Uh, I put together um, a bunch of different kind of blues songs. I didn't really go too traditional, maybe like uh, Sky is Crying and Born in Chicago, which I kind of still kept it a little more um, modern because uh, everybody does it, and everybody does a great job at it. But I just wanted right. to do it a little different so at least um, listeners that weren't into blues, heard, that didn't know anything about blues or weren't into blues, kind of would listen and say, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I'll listen to it, you know. Cool, so I, cool. I think a lot of,
1: Yeah, I think that's a great way to approach it, like you're talking about, so you're going to kind of reach a larger audience. Than, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, because even like on the Internet stations that it's on, um, mm-hmm. It's on actually, like, Born in Chicago is on hip-hop stations. And then you get, uh, uh, what else is there? You get uh, Modern Woman is on some jazz stations. So okay. it, like, it branches off into other, you know, stations.
1: Cool. Very cool.
2: You know, if it was just really hardcore blues, which is great, too, because I'm actually working on a new CD that's going to be a little more hardcore blues, uh, okay. only because uh, I was talking to Marky about it, Marky Ramon and we wanted to go a little a little harder on the blues. Okay. You know, okay. You know, I mean, this, you know, Blues of the Color is a little, it's a little more pop blues. Uh, they're funny songs, you know. They're songs about things that are going on or went on, whatever. And I wanted to just to change it a little, It'd be really more hardcore.
1: Cool. Well, look at you. You didn't even, this one's just getting out there, and you're already uh, planning on the next one. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's really I good. Know. <laughs> you get
1: No that's I You know what it is great. sometimes
2: and and, it, and it's funny sometimes you almost get and I don't want to say it and I don't want to and I don't want to like uh, stick a knife in my foot but sometimes you just right, get right, like right. bored of listening to your own stuff after a while. You're like, no, I know what you like you mean. have to kind of like you have to like wash your ears out for like a um, couple of months and then you come back to
1: right. it. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so how did you um how'd you come up with the title for the album? I thought that was an interesting title. What is the meaning behind
2: it? Mark, Marky came up with it.
1: Oh, really? Cool.
2: Yeah, Marky said, you know, I said, Mark, let's. What kind of topic? He goes, let's do blues is the color. Cool. And uh, that was it.
1: And that was it. Is there any, any, uh, like I said, meaning behind it or any?
2: Well, yeah, in a way. Yeah, it has a meaning because blue, you know you know in any race and mm-hmm. you know blues has no color meaning that you know it it comes it goes out to every race and religion it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who you are what you are what what you know color what religion where you're from what country what language blues is just an international music so cool. meaning like That's a cool blues way to is put the color it. Mm-hmm. You know, it reaches out to everybody. So if you're in Japan and you're a blues artist, you'll be like, "Hey, that blues is the color for me." If you're uh, living out in, uh, I don't know, in Taiwan somewhere, you're like, "Blues is the color for me." If I'm, if you're in right. Brazil and you're a blues artist, blues is the color for me. You know, it's cool. You know, this way everybody gets, you know, a chance. If you know, not you know, because it's you know, it developed in America. Mm-hmm. but the whole world loves it.
1: That's true. So it's very no. versatile, and it's very, yeah, like you're saying, it can generalize across a lot of different people or places, so I think, yeah, I think that's definitely a really good way to, to frame it. No, it's really good. Um, so let's talk about any any people that you want to plug or, or mention that played on the album with you, just to
2: give uh, them some yeah, kudos. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I definitely, you know, of course, bring up Marky playing the drums mm-hmm. and giving me great input uh, on a lot of the songs and, you know, and arrangements and uh, cool. giving me good inspiration. Um, Chaibo Jones, a uh, great producer, helped me big time with uh, the recording and input and uh, just helped me uh, through it all. It was great. Um, the... Uh, On the live track, you have uh, Chibo Jones playing uh, bass, which he plays uh, bass on all my live stuff. And Paul Kane played on drums on the live song Sky is Crying. Paul has been a great help with the live music and uh, pretty much uh, on that, you know, that's pretty much the input on it right now.
1: Yeah, and if I can, if I can just personally comment, I, I mean, I thought it was phenomenal. I think everything from the mix of it to the production, your vocals, um, everyone playing on it, I just thought it was top notch. It was really good, oh, really thanks, good stuff. Thank you. Absolutely. That so was
0: your CD. So that so was yours.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be coming out with some new music soon. Um, so, but that's another story. But um, <laughs> so anyway, let's uh, let's check out one of your tracks let's uh, introduce one of them and you can tell us a little bit about it and then we'll we'll, uh, take a listen to it. So why don't we check out the one titled World Gone Crazy and uh, tell us a little bit about the song and and how you came up with the concept for it.
2: Okay. um, Well, World Gone Crazy is uh, actually pretty much, you know, it is what it sounds. You know, it's Right, The world has definitely gone crazy um, in its own way, <laughs> you know, and we were kind of hanging on. Everybody's kind of hanging on by uh, kind of threads in their own way. Uh, we're all like in the same boat, pretty much, even mm-hmm. though, you know, sometimes people don't want to feel that, but we are. And I just wrote, I feel like the world's going crazy. And uh, I figured, I you know, it's uh, they had similar songs in its own way, but I kind of... Brought it to, like, a little on the funk, a little Hendrixy, with some blues there, you know, some kind of a, a little funky. I, I made it a little different. Okay. You know, was, uh,
1: okay. Cool.
2: And, and it's always so, a lot um, of fun to play.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, it's a great song. It's a great song. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on hold, and I'm just going to do a brief um, promotion for one of the sponsors for the show. And right after that, we will introduce and play your song. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Thanks, Kerry. All right. Okay, Meyer, hold on a second, okay? Sure. Okay, everyone, again, you're listening to Meyer Razabi on the Kerry Edelman Show. And right now, I just want to introduce one of the uh, promoters and sponsors for my show. And after I do that, we are going to take a listen to Meyer Razabi's song titled World Gone Crazy off of his debut album, Blues is the Color. So first, I just want to introduce Flirt Energy Drink, which is exclusively formulated for the female athlete, and as I mentioned, it's a sponsor of my show, as well as my single, Vanilla Skies, off of my debut album, Leave It All Behind, is the song that is used to promote the product. You can check out flirtsport.com, again, that's flirtsport.com, and to purchase any of the energy drinks, so let's check out a advertisement by them, and then we'll be right back with Meyers Song. Hey, Alyssa, you look awesome. Wow, thanks. What are you doing, putting in extra hours at the gym? No, I drink Flirt. The pink energy drink? You like my energy, don't you? Yeah. Flirt is the first energy drink designed for women by women. Flirt, the one in the pink can? Flirt is jam-packed with natural ingredients. Really? Zero calories, DHA, folic acid, green tea, and putia. I could get it here at the gym, right? Flirtsport.com. Flirt com. Yeah, com for a location near you. Okay, everyone, again, that was Flirt Sport, who is a promotional product for the Carrie Edelman Show. Definitely check out the drink. I've tried it. It's awesome. It really does give you energy. And even though um, it was originally made for the female athlete, it can be used for males, too, and they are in development with a bunch of more products, too, at this time. So check out FlirtSport.com. Now let's check out Meyer's song called World Gone Crazy off of his debut album, Blues is the Color. Let me just find it on the switchboard here. And hold on one second, and here we go. All right, check it out, everyone. World Gone Crazy debuting on The Carrie Edelman Show by blues musician Meyer Rizavi. again that was Maya Razabi with uh, his debut album Blues is a Color featuring his song World Gone Crazy. It was an awesome song. Let's bring Meyer back on the air. And Meyer you're back on the air.
2: Hey Carrie, how you doing?
1: Hey, how are you? That was great. Uh, I love oh, that song. Really thank good. You.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> not, you know, it, it just like it just I was just talking about stuff, you know, about people's lives. I was thinking about Kids coming out of school not getting jobs right away, and they're getting mm-hmm. you know uh, discouraged. I was thinking of myself growing up and getting discouraged and all that, and uh, pretty much that's why like I came up with some of the words. And uh, Marky put in some heavy duty drums on there, which was great. He had a lot of great fills, and it, it really you know opened the song up big.
1: Yeah, no, it sounds great. I love the guitar riff, too. It's really good. Really catchy. I like it. Very good. Thank you. So speaking a little bit bit about the song, like you said, just kind of, you know, the difficulties of kids coming out of school and getting jobs, if you don't mind talking a little bit about what else you do on the side, because my understanding is you're not just, um, you know, doing music full time. And I definitely want to delve into, you know, the intricacies of the industry and, you know, some of those... uh, you know, things that we all encounter that are difficult about the industry. So tell us a little bit about what you do on the side besides your music.
2: Um, okay, well, my main, you know, job that I have is uh, I run an, I have and run an auto body shop. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had it a bunch of years, and now I'm kind of trickled down because uh, I want to take it easy and play more music. So, okay. I you know, I fix a few cars to, you know, to keep busy and have some fun. And then I just, you know, and I mainly stick with the music, you know. But I do work on the cars, too.
1: Right. You know, it's and like, would you uh, it's say... Like, go
2: ahead. Oh, no, what well, I'm saying, it's like it became where the music was the hobby and, and, and the uh, cars was the career, and it's sort of like the cars became a hobby and the music became like a career.
1: Nice, nice. You would know, you yeah. recommend, Meyer, just for anyone listening in that... You know anyone who's trying to pursue music and you know make it out there, you know when we know how challenging the industry is, I mean, would you recommend that people do have something to fall back on or something else to do besides music
2: yeah, yeah you you know if you do that and you you kind of make music your hobby in the beginning, mhm, it'll flip around later on in life where the your career that you pick will be the hobby and your music will take over. Because the problem is that with the music industry, especially playing venues, you know, live venues was like the most fun. That was like the dessert of the business, you know, because everybody likes to play live. It's fun. You know, your friends come down or other people, the crowds, the the, uh, after show uh, parties and going out to eat and just the whole thing or touring and going to different hotels and just meeting different people. And what's happening now it's it's like it's a little it's not as busy. So that was like the like I said, the dessert of like a meal. So right. now you're pretty right. much you're stuck with, with like you know, cooking the food now instead of actually yeah. eating it now. It's like all that work you gotta do to make the meal and you don't you don't even get a chance to eat it sometimes. That's how I look at right. it.
1: No, I think have, that's yeah. a really, I think that's a great analogy. Um, talk talk a little bit more about what you mean about how you're working really hard. You're cooking this meal, and sometimes, unfortunately, you're not getting to the really good part, which is the dessert, as you're saying. So talk a little right. bit more about what you mean. Well, what happens
2: is uh, everybody. I have to say there are a lot of great artists out there.
3: Everybody
0: is
2: great. I, I mean, there's so much talent. It's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know I meet every everywhere there's a great guitar player, a great keyboard player, a great vocalist everybody's you know working so hard and the problem mm-hmm. is, is there's just it's it's not enough um stuff out there for them to really uh to to really accomplish what they wanna accomplish you know and it's what do you like mean by they, not enough
1: stuff like what do you mean by that like not enough stuff well for instance,
2: bands would, you know, have their rehearsal once or twice a week to do shows, you right. know, to play. And, you know, so what happens is they still have to rehearse because, you know, when there is a show, they want to be ready. Right. So, but what happens is it gets like, you know, you want to make a few bucks. You want to have, you know, you want to be out there. You want to get a name for yourself. You want to develop your, uh, your fans and stuff. And it just, you know, the venues get uh, less and less. You know, so you and and then what happens if you really want to go hardcore? You have to tour, you know, big time. Right.
1: And then right. what happens
2: with that too? You know, you you can't keep a regular job. Right. And and, and from thing. my
1: understanding, and you and you could comment on this. I mean, you know, funding your own tour is no easy feat, uh, both you know, monetary wise, and like you're saying, you can't keep a full time job with something like that too. I mean, what's your, you know, what's your impression of people going out on tour?
2: Um I feel that it's it definitely if you want to do it do it if you can try if you mm-hmm. if you can somehow swing it do it you have to you know right. you, if you know there's an old saying if you know of course if you you know you'll never know until you try mm-hmm. and not accomplishing what you want to do or what what you intended on doing doesn't mean that you you didn't achieve what you tried it doesn't mean right. anything. In other words, you can't, you can't, they always, the old saying, every knock is a boost. You know, you have to do something. You can't just, like, be stagnant and and worry about if you're not, like, for instance, if you go to a, uh, like, you do a venue, and the people may, you're worried about them not liking you, and maybe they won't. You know, I mean, we've done gigs. Um, I remember we did a gig once, uh, upstate New York in like a biker bar, but it wasn't a, it wasn't my like blues band. It was like a pop band and they didn't okay. like us. And then, you know, I kind of pulled the guys in the side and told them, look, let's just play like heavy rock and forget about this pop, you know, uh, top 40 stuff that we're playing. Cause okay. these, guys, these people ain't buying it. So whatever it is, you're going to have, you know, venues where there's a lot of people in show you're going to have maybe the crowd, maybe not totally loving it. You, you know, You're going to have – and then Mm -hmm. you're going to have ones where the crowds are great and everybody's having a great time and loving your music and buying CDs from you. So you're going to definitely have your ups and downs, you
1: know. Right. So so a psychology um, question for you is how do you, you know, how do you as an artist or even, you know, this could be a generic question, you know, how does someone – prevent themselves from the disappointments? Like you're saying, you're going to have some awesome shows where people are going to be there, buying CDs, you know, huge turnout, and then there's going to be, you know, some shows that you encounter that don't go as well um, either because you didn't perform well or because people, like you said, didn't like the music. So how should people you know, deal with those disappointments so that they don't get so down that they just think it's not worth it?
2: Um, Just like if you get like, uh, just brush off the dirt. Brush it off. Yeah. And don't, even think, don't even look back. Mhm. It's you know, an old saying. Just don't look back. And and that's you know we've had shows. Um, I remember I did a show. Uh, this was actually almost recent. And something happened where the it was a it was an underground. It was it wasn't on the full top level. It was a downstairs. And they were okay. having a party. And it was like in a bar, you know, thing down in the village, and I had, I actually booked my band and my friend's band, and in between my set, I was like 20 minutes into the set, the, the people, the owner of the, of the bar told us we had to stop, because the party, the party upstairs, yeah, so now that was my friend's band that was, was playing, uh, that was supposed to go on, he brought his equipment, he, you know, he rehearsed, you know, he had his friend. he had people come down, we had people pay, I mean, don't forget, we had a big crowd, you know, we, we, Right. The venue, right. and now we had a you know now we only got twenty minutes of our set. He, he didn't even get to go on. I had I made oh, the owner of the bar refund everybody back their money, and he was cool with that. But it was it was depressing, you know. And and I got some bad reviews on it from some people, and I I brushed it off. And then I did another gig yeah. right after that. It was packed house. Everybody was going crazy. It was uh, you know it, it was a great show. So. You know, um, you're gonna get I, sometimes. You know, you never know what you're gonna what's gonna happen sometimes.
1: Right, and I think yeah, I think that's a great point that you make too. Is just brushing it off, and I think for some people it's easier than others. I think you and myself personally. I mean, we have that type of personality where we're go getters. We're gonna go out there. We're gonna be proactive, and we recognize that you don't know what to expect half the time, and sometimes we're more so than not. It's probably not gonna be what you want, and I think a lot of people, you know, sometimes let their egos or narcissism get in the way of that stuff, and that can kind of put a damper on things and sometimes make people maybe go down the road that they didn't want to go because they just get so discouraged and so frustrated. But I agree with you. I think taking things in small increments and being satisfied with, you know, even if it's small accomplishments along the way, it's so important, you know, rather than looking at the big picture, like you're saying, you just want the dessert right away. People want to be playing at Madison Square Garden when they haven't, you know, walked before they ran, you know what I mean? And I, I think sure. that's kind of where people fall short sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean, another thing, too, um, which there are a lot of bands today, which are great, and there's a lot of bands. The thing is that there are venues to play in, and I think mm-hmm. you have to look upon your venues. Um, you have to kind of, like, have a little strategy with them. You have to, like, kind of yeah. pick places that have built-in crowds, that you don't have to constantly have friends come down to your show. So that's another depressing thing because you have to promote a show. Absolutely. Yeah, so you want to try to get in venues that kind of have a built-in crowd where Mm -hmm. um, you, you don't have that pressure of your friends coming down. You know, because right. it's hard, you know, people work, people, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes they don't have the money because it's not only coming down to the show, it's parking the car, it's buying drinks, buying food. Yep. So sometimes people, yep. you know, they don't have the money or they, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to make you feel bad so they don't come to the show and you feel, and you then you get like a little mad at them, so, you know. So sometimes, <laughs> right. it, it, you know what I mean, and it's not their fault because, some people they, they just don't have it you know, they don't have the money. It's not it's not the ten, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars to get in, it's all the right. other stuff. You know?
1: Right, so, and I think I think Meyer that's a great marketing strategy and I think in this day and age with, with how significantly the industry has changed, especially as you know, with the internet and all these social networking sites and media sites, you know, being creative, that's, that's an awesome thing that you said. An awesome, like, technique is to kind of, like you said, find these places that already have something built in. So then, A, you know, you're not, you know, going nuts trying to sell tickets and make sure you have a certain number of heads coming through the door, et cetera, et cetera, and then your friends aren't, you know, feeling bad or getting mad if, you know, they can't make it to the show. So I think that's a great idea. Yeah,
2: and you know what, too? The best thing I always found, I love playing in front of strangers. strangers okay, love why you. is that? When, um, because you're strange. <laughs> you know, you know what it is. Yeah. Um, because you know what happens. Your friends are your worst critics. Oh, you know, you right. this, this, you this. know, because everybody has like a little jealousy. Everybody. So when you're playing as strangers, like they'll be like, "Wow, that he was great," and, and they never saw you before. And they'll be like, you know, even if you weren't as great as you might have not thought you were, they probably think you're great because you're strange. You know, it's right. like you're not. They don't know who you are. You're like this new person that just is playing in their in their bar. And they never saw you before, and
1: right. they're
2: like they, they, instead because they're always seeing the same crop of people. They're seeing this, you know, this one shows for every Saturday night. That one shows, I'm, you know, and they're good. They're, don't, don't get me wrong, but when they see somebody different or a different style of music, you know, they're like, you know, they like it. You know, that's I, cool. I, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that's another thing where if you can play in a venue where they have built-in crowds, and you know what, more places are doing that now. Like I noticed last okay. year, year before, they made you, you know, bring you know, 20 people, and this. And I always say this to a lot of artists: if those, you can do those gigs, but you can't do them a lot, because what happens right. is you run out of people. You can't expect mm-hmm. them to go every week or or every, you know, whatever. So if you want to do one of those p- big promotion shows, you can do them, you know, once a month, once every two months, and then try to work on the built-in crowd places where they they, have, they can pay you for coming in and playing for a couple of hours.
1: Right, You know, right.
2: instead of like, because what happens is also with the selling tickets, they give you a percentage, or they don't, sometimes they don't even, because they want you right. to Right, if know. you
1: don't sell a certain amount, you get nothing. <laughs>
2: right. Right, and then you
1: get yelled at and Then you get yelled at, you know,
2: yeah, you did Right, and they And and you know what it is too You're working so hard, you know Learning the songs, practicing with the band You know, you're getting nervous for the show Bringing the equipment to the show, setting up It's so much work You know, if you get a little money Out of it, or a good Amount of money or something You know, it makes it worth it But if you're selling tickets and, And, you know, and You don't sell enough, and you don't get the percentage, and blah, blah, blah. The main thing, really, is you want people to appreciate you.
1: Exactly. So you have to,
2: the artist, the main thing, because I found with artists that, even with me, you want to try to keep high, like you want to stay up, meaning like Mm you want to, you want to, Every day, like in other words, you get a good high. Oh, they played your song on the radio. Wow, that's a great high. Uh, they mm-hmm. I did, did a review on me in the magazine. That's a great high. Um, you want to keep those those things, you know, on a high level. So this way, um, if you have like a couple of you know bad things that happen, you, at least you have those high things to fall back on.
1: Right. Again, like you're saying, right. It's. I mean, in psychology, we're talking about you know focusing on the positive things and trying to downplay or, or push back the negative things so that you can right. You can hold those positive things in your mind and continue to look forward to hopefully other good things you know happening in the future. Exactly.
2: Yeah, but it's hard. I, I mean, the music industry. You know, and then another thing too that came into play was the uh, the internet because it's kind of like. It, it, this big fire that we had of, of music going on, it, it, it kind of threw like the water on it. You know, it, it kind of splashed a lot of water on, on on the big fire. You know, the fire. Okay, is, what do you mean cool. by that? Okay, well, I, I look upon mu- music as as like a big fire. You know, it's a big, you know, okay. in a, in a good way. You know, not being that fire is bad. I mean that it's like that fire of uh, of energy and fire of, of fun and fire of Whatever comes around it, you know, just everybody having a good time, music, and everybody loved music and playing in their car and playing in, in their house and everything. And then all of a sudden the Internet came, and it kind of took the, the magic out of it a little.
1: It okay, hold on right. one second, Myra. I just want to yeah. interject because there is, and we'll get the call in a second, but I don't want them yeah. to hang up. We do have someone... Evidently calling in, which is awesome to speak with Meyer. But so hold on, and we will get to your call in a moment after Meyer finishes up uh, talking about the uh, internet concept. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to
2: talk about the? uh...
1: Yeah, you finish up your yeah, what you were talking about. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, so what
2: I'm saying is that the internet it kind of like made it made music so accessible and Mm so easy for people to just to say, oh, I can go on the internet, I can go here. That they don't look upon they don't they they make it like it's not a big deal anymore to them you know they don't they don't make it such a big deal like it was where you have to go into your car go over to to, to Sam Goody get the CD or wait for the CD order it you right. know and then you, you know now it's just you grab it right off the internet you you know it's on it it's so easy to download and and it's not there's no um magic it took away the magic
1: you know, I, yeah, and, and you know what, I, I agree with you with that. I think also, though, on the flip side, I mean, it makes, you know, for someone like you, because you don't have a, do you have a manager Maya? or no, you manage everything yourself?
2: I, I do it myself, man. I have a promoter that helps me, and, 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 but I do a lot right. of it myself. But I have, you know.
1: So, you know, for self-starters or independent people like you and I, because I manage everything myself, too, I mean, I've just found it to be, and, and again, I guess people can look at it for different reasons and what they're, uses of the internet are. I mean, I I look at it as just an amazing tool to network with people, you know, get my name out there, whether it's my music, the radio show. I mean it's just been such a great tool, like I said, to just get your stuff out there very quickly and across the country and anyone can hear it. You know what I mean? So I agree it does take away the magic of getting the excitement, going to the music store, having the album, you know, drop that you're you've been waiting for to get um, but I think there's also some really good things about it too that can help people like you and I out.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. It gets it. Yeah, you can definitely you'll get more you'll get known quicker with the internet, which yes. is great So And I you know,
1: and, need, and that's a I great mean, point. Um, and I don't think some. I just don't personally. I mean, from you know, tons and tons of people that I know or people that I've met on the internet. I mean, sometimes I don't think people see the value in it and just like you're saying, when you work your butt off to go to play a show and you're, you know, you're lugging your equipment you're selling your tickets, you're trying to get people to come out, the same thing really happens and applies to the Internet because you do have to spend time on it. You do have to spend time on it networking and posting and, and, you know, um, befriending people and supporting other people so that they'll support you. So I think people don't want to put that extra work in because it is work, but you know what? I think the rewards and the payback is just wonderful. Um, from doing stuff like that. So but that's just my, you know, (laughs) my little information. Oh, yeah, no, 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 definitely uh, the internet
2: I I found is definitely, it's a great engine, don't get me wrong. it is. I just wish that they didn't, you know, abolish, they're not, like, they don't abolish CDs like they are, you know. Oh, I
1: agree. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I love getting a hard copy of a CD and looking at all the artwork, and absolutely, I agree with you with that 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so you know, pretty, let's bring um fun. let's bring seven seven one eight the area code seven one eight on the air so that they can uh, ask you a question, Kyle. okay? Okay. Okay. Do. All right. So seven one eight, you are now on the Carrie Edelman show with Meyer Razabi.
2: Hey, Meyer. How's it going? All right. What's happening?
1: Nothing much. Not really a question. I just want to say I'm a huge fan. I've been a fan for a while now. I first saw you back at Mexicali Live a couple of months ago. And uh, oh, cool. a couple of weeks ago, I actually heard you on FM radio, and uh, actually just yesterday I bought your CD off Amazon. So it's kind of weird that I caught you on the uh, on the phone just now. Awesome.
2: Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm passing you on to all my friends, and hopefully you play a local show again. Uh, I'm actually here in Staten Island for so the next Staten Island show, just hopefully you're on your website.
2: Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I really appreciate That's it. That's awesome. Great, great. Yeah,
1: great song, and you guys should play Crash on the radio next because that's everybody's uh, favorite song around
3: here. Uh,
0: oh, Crash so is, much. hold
1: on, Thanks. let me see I don't... Let me see what I have uploaded to my, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I have Crash next, actually. Yeah, Dave. well, everybody deserves to hear Crash. i let that go for a slam. Maya, you're the best. Thank you. All right, Ella. awesome. Thank, you. thank, thank you. you. so much for calling in.
2: Yeah, no problem. This is Matt from thank you. Take All care. All the best. Guys. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Cool. Take care, Matt. There you go, Meyer. That's good. Very good. Nice. That's, That's awesome. Right, yeah. You have wonderful things to say. Very cool. Thank you. So um, well, why don't we, uh, without further ado, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, Crash, and then uh, we will play that track.
2: Okay. Crash, oh, boy. Crash, I'll tell you, it, um, Crash is just about, believe it or not, it sounds like it, it's about... Um, like a relationship thing, but believe it or not, it's, it's, it's about cars. Okay. You know, it's like a, an antique with people. I always found, cause I'm in the car business and mm-hmm. everybody has a crazy relationship with their car. They're just so in love with their cars, <laughs> which is great. And, right. um, and that's pretty much where that came from, you know, and you know, I have the body shop where crashing is the only, you know, and that's where I kind of got it from. You know, that's cool. where I got this whole thing. It just so like when you hear, it, you think it's really like a, a talking about my baby, you know. But it's really about cars. You know, about that's awesome. Cars. I like
1: the analogy. Very cool.
2: Yeah, that's where. It, and and I have such, <laughs> I have great customers that have such a cool cars that they love, and I fix them. They put them in shows, and they give me good feedback. And and I always and I think about how they they all they do is talk about that car like it's their um like their love. Right. It, right. And it, and it cracks me up. So, and it's cool. I love it. It's great. I mean, that's what they're into. It's great. And that's where cool. I came up with
1: Crash. Awesome. Okay. Right. So uh, I'm going to put you back on hold, and then we, we're going to check out Crash. All right, everyone, without further ado, and uh, this is uh, Matt, who just called in from Staten Island, his favorite song with a bunch of his friends. It is Crash featuring Mark and Ramon on drums, off of Meyer Razavi's album, Blues is the Color. Okay, everyone, and we're back on the Carrie Edelman show again. That was his song, Meyer Vazavi's song, Crash, featuring Mark Ramon on drums, off of his album Blues Is the Color. And Maya, you're back on the air.
2: Hey, Carrie. Hey. Yeah, so awesome. that's yeah, Very that's cool song. pretty much Crash. That's it. You know. <laughs> you know, it's uh, cool. it's one of those things. Thanks a lot. Thanks.
1: Very cool. So um, let's, uh, gosh, I can't believe we've been on the air for almost an hour already. My shows just, they just go on and on and on, which is great. <laughs> oh. Let's talk a little bit about um, just, again, you as a person, I always like for the audience to, um, you know, just learn about who my guests are. And my understanding, too, I know because we've talked off the air, is um, you've done some uh, comedy shows and you, you were involved in comedy in the past. So talk a little bit about your experiences with that, too.
2: Um, yeah, I kind of fell into it. Um, I didn't want to do it and I did it almost like I was there to do it. Okay. And I took a, I took a class in uh, New York city. Um, the, it was from, um, what's it called a uh, Caroline's comedy club. They had a, a, a course nice. and okay. uh, we, it was like a 19 week course. And then the the way to uh, graduate is you uh, do a stand-up show with uh, regular comics. Like you, know, they throw you in in between the comics that are on a Saturday night. So it's okay. actually uh, you perform your first time in front of a packed house, and awesome. it was really it was pretty scary. I mean, I didn't ex- I didn't expect that. I thought we were just gonna you know do 19 weeks, and actually <laughs> even even doing the, the the class it was like everybody was a regular comics just brushing up on stuff. So it was like okay. I like my first my first day there I was telling them I'm not coming back, and then I don't know I just said okay I'll go for another week and then and, and things I c- kind of got the understanding where you got to really because they made you go up in the classroom in front of all the comics that are regular comics already and you had to wow. do a
1: little
2: a, a stand yeah it was really it was a lot of pressure so after wow like,
1: yeah that must have been pretty nerve wracking
2: oh it was so it was a disaster and after a while after like the fifth sixth class i was saying to myself well look i'm gonna go through with this and then of course you know you're at the 10th class and you're saying i want to god i want to do it and then you you know it's like it's a pretty much i you know you have nothing to hide behind at least you know when you're playing music you hide behind a guitar you hide behind your band there you know it, it's if you don't if you're not if they're not laughing it it gets real lonely up there. You know? Wow. <laughs> so
0: it really
2: right. gets super lonely. So um we did um we did the nineteen weeks and my main thing was I I made I recorded the jokes and went and I you know, I would play them like with fresh ears on my ears. I wouldn't like play because everybody thinks they all, all their jokes are funny. Like everybody always thinks they're right. the funniest but you know if they're not if you don't relate to everybody you know they could be funny, but it's not going to relate to everybody and they may not laugh. So I w- I would w- make jokes and I would uh, pretty much you know play them on a cassette player at the time it was cassette and um, I would uh, like with fresh ears like wake up in the morning and play it and I would say oh, you know that's not funny, and then I would like play <laughs> something else and, and that you know and it's and I try to you know have all the the best you know the funniest stuff, and they put us like on for fifteen minutes and stuff, or it was' no it was actually fifteen twenty minutes, you know we put up for, like fifteen twenty minutes, and uh we did the show, and it was funny. I invited people to come to the show, and I was praying they wouldn't show, and it was funny because we were fine. <laughs> And I was puking. out, I was, oh, that person showed. Oh, they showed. It was like I figured all these people showed just to make me, so I would flop. And, you know, I, that's what I was thinking. In right, back right, head. right. So it ended up being that everybody that I invited show, showed, and even more. Their friends and this. It was a And I went up there, and it was. I think there was that guy, I think it was John Witherspoon or, wait, um, the, the guy from Living Color.
1: Um, oh, Okay. Uh, I can't remember uh, his name no, either French,
2: right now. I know you're talking um, about, though. Wayne? Uh, yeah, tr- Not the Wayman brothers. The other guy that used to dress up like a woman all the time. Okay. We'll <laughs> um, uh, just see. And he, at that time, okay. of course, it was, like the, it was the late 90s, so he was, like, really, really super hot, you know, which he is, too. I mean, right. he's still, you know, big comic. Everybody wants to see him, but... At that time it was like you know he was just he had this, i think that show was well, it was over already, but it, it was just he was still out there doing a lot of movies and stuff and um
3: nice.
2: what happened was uh he said he was the main act, so there was comics going on in between, and there were professional comics, and I was saying this was so this was like i felt like we were in like uh, like like the jungle and they were like dangling us over line. <laughs> Oh, and all of us were scared. I mean, we had people praying. There were like people praying on their knees. But you know, so <laughs> it was funny. So we went. I went on, and and it ended up being. And actually, a couple of it's. That's also another thing. Stand up comedy. You never know what's going to happen. You right, have a whole right. show planned, and all of a sudden somebody says something to you, and now you just stay with that one thing they say. Oh, and the sisters, and this, and the whole show that you had planned, that you worked on it for weeks and weeks. You end up not even doing any of the jokes. So oh, me, God. I didn't really know much. Yeah, and somebody said a comment, and then they laughed, and I said something else, and then all of a sudden I start talking about other things, and and ended up working out good, and and I stayed there a while. Some somebody saw me perform there, and they asked me to come to that club and pla and do some stand up, and I got I did it for a while, as much as I can do. I you know I worked in Pip's Comedy Club for a little bit with Ray Garvey. Uh, I did, nice. you know, a little hosting, nice. and I did some, th- we had, used to have stand-ups on Thursday night, and uh, I had some fun, and I just kind of like, it was okay. just too much work to stay with it. I had a kind of <laughs> like, with, yeah, yeah. I just wanted I to like do again. Years.
1: I just want, thank you for sharing that, because I just wanted to, again, touch base on the various aspects of yourself as a person and uh, show people that you are, multi-talented um, and real quick I want to comment uh, there is a guest in the chat room named. Um, she goes by the name Jodeline and she said she's a friend of math and she loves your music she thinks you're awesome and she is going to buy your CD on Amazon right now so oh, wow. thank she you just very wanted much. to uh, yeah she thank asked you. me to share that with you so I told her I would definitely share that with you so oh, there you go well, you're getting so some much. nice, thank uh, you nice feedback
2: thank you yeah, thanks um, a lot of- I appreciate it to everybody. See now that's making me feel good. <laughs>
1: <You> <laughs> See, know. there you go. Yeah,
2: and and I wanted great.
1: to like I said, I wanted to bring you on to promote you anyway, because um, 'cause you've been just such an awesome person, friend and, you know, musician. So I'm so happy that I was able to bring you on the show and support you too. Um
0: so,
1: much. so let's Thanks. start uh let's start, you know, wrapping some things up for the evening and we'll you know, plug any things you want to plug. I want to, this is going to be the first person I do this with. I thought this would be interesting to do, especially for, you know, people that are younger, they always get a kick out of some of the musicians or, you know, anyone I interview, what their favorite things are. So I'm just going to quickly ask you just a couple of quick things. What's your favorite TV show?
2: Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) Kirby Enthusiasm. Nice. Uh, You know, Larry David. That's one of my favorites. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me see what else.
1: Yeah, just mention a couple. That's fine. Uh, let me
2: see. Okay, one minute. Of course, comedy. Uh, let me just see. Oh, jeez. No. I really like everything, but uh, I'm just trying to see.
3: <laughs> That's I okay. Mean, Curve, is really is... The,
2: Curve is really the one I look forward to. Of course, George Lopez show is great. Um yeah. All the comedy stuff. You know, even actually okay. Louis C.K. has a, a new comedy show. You know, he's real funny, so I like watching him, too.
1: Nice, nice. What about your favorite movie?
2: Well, I, I just saw um, Bad Teacher, and it is – I recommend people to see it. It is one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long
1: really? time. Really? Okay.
2: Oh, it is. Yeah, I rate it, like, with Cameron Diaz, like, when she did The Mask, which I was real funny, too. I really okay. rate it, like, not – almost – it's it it's funny in its own way. Okay. You know, like cool. it's up there with wedding crashes and and uh, right. and dilemma, dilemma with uh, what's his name? Um, Kevin James is also very funny. His movies are great. Okay. Too, you know? so cool. Yeah, my it, uncle, my
1: support. uncle, my uncle Randy Edelman did that uh, score for that movie, The Mask. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. He composed the music for that movie. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, the yeah. You check out. I mean, he's jazz. done he's done like sixty different movies, but that's one of the ones he did. Yeah. Wow, wow, it's funny to pick that up. (laughs) I know, that was funny, I'm like, the mask, I'm like, wow, Um, cool, cool, so it looks like, again, you're in the kind of comedy genre, drama type of uh, stuff, what about your favorite sport, are you into sports, you like sports?
2: Um, is not as much as I wanted it to be. I mean, I've done some bodybuilding. Uh, I do love basketball, but I don't play as much because I'm working on cars. That beats me up. So, like whatever strength okay. I have left, I you know it's uh, it's that that's kind of a sport in itself.
1: <laughs> okay. You know,
2: fixing the um, Your
1: favorite. Right. Your favorite color.
2: Blues. Is it blue? <laughs> blue. <laughs> is it blue? I was just
1: gonna say maybe that question's a little rhetorical. Okay, so blue is. Um, and, and since you work on cars, what, what's your favorite car?
2: Oh boy, um, I really—you know what—to work on Japanese cars, to work on. Of course, um, I love American cars. Um, I love them all, really.
3: Nice.
0: You know,
2: they're all—they're uh, okay. all good in their own way. Very they're nice. All, all cool. Sort of magic.
1: Nice. So, if you—if you, um, you had one piece of advice or a recommendation for. A musician, a band,
2: what would it be? Um, definitely don't never give up. Always stay mm-hmm. with music, even if it's not at the level that you want to be at or expect sure. it to be at, but never give up. Because mm-hmm. there'll come a time in your life when you're older or... Um, when you really need it, and you're gonna say, everybody always says, "Oh, I should have stayed with it." I should. I used to play the drums. Like everybody's, "Oh, I used to play the drums." Oh, I used to play the. Right. guitar. I used to play the piano in in high school, and I used to play the violin. And it's like, imagine if you still played it, you know where you'd be, you know, as a person. You know, instead yeah. of going to the bar yeah. and having a drink, or doing something, you know, whatever. You instead of doing that, you would grab your instrument and play it to let out, you know, frustration. Right. I, yeah, I agree.
1: I know I know tons of people in that camp, too, that, you know, either got really disillusioned, you know, weren't meeting the goals they wanted to make or just got frustrated with, you know, a lot of dra- drama situations with band members and just said, you know, enough is enough. I just can't do this anymore. And I hear that all the time, you know, yeah, I used to play in a band or I used to play, you know, this instrument. And I'm like, well, you should get back into it. And they're like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate, especially when it's talented people. That kind of bums me out, you know, when it's someone who's really talented. And I'm like, oh, come on, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And real I mean, quick, how get, do you, you – know... go ahead.
2: No, no, what were you saying? I'm sorry. What was
1: that? No, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, no, um, I mean, because there's so much stuff today. You can buy an Apple computer and you can get a garage band or you can buy a loop stations and, you know, loop in your own rhythm tracks and play them and do this. There's so much to, you know – you don't need a whole band just say you want to just satisfy right. yourself and you and you play by yourself in your house. You know, That's you can true. just make your own music. You know, That's and listen true. to it. I in the agree car or something. So, um so it's really, you know, to play, it's hard with a band it's hard why? Because people have have lives, people have jobs and right. it's hard for everybody to dedicate the time that um they want or you want them to.
1: That's true. I know a lot of people say, you know, oh, unless you're 18 years old and, but, you know, then you have all the time in the world because you don't have any responsibilities. And, yeah, I agree with that, but, but you know, Meyer, I mean, you know, running your car business um, and and doing that, you know, I know you said you're dwindling down and you're not doing it as much full time, but I've always, you know, kind of lived by the model. If you really want to do something, you'll find the time to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, you know me personally. Not only do I work full time as a prison psychologist, but then... I got my radio show, I got my music on the side, I do freelance writing. So it's like if you really want to do it, you'll you'll find the time to do it and you'll put the effort in. Um so right. you know. That's true, yeah, that's true. Um so
2: I mean that's the thing. I just for you know, for artists and younger people or older people in music, just never give up, you know, don't don't mm-hmm. give up because you never know um where it's gonna take you. That's true. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. You
1: never know. So with that being yeah, with that being said, I want you to again, um, you know, plug your album, um, let people know if you have any upcoming shows where they can go check you out and then we're gonna wrap things up for the evening.
2: Okay, okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a great show okay. and
1: uh
2: I having me on.
1: Yeah. But um yeah, you plug know. your album
2: uh what uh what, what, you, what like um what do you mean uh, let uh, people
1: know I'll, okay I'll be concrete let people know you know where they can purchase your album oh,
2: okay, uh the okay, website yeah. if you have yeah, any upcoming yeah, sure. shows yeah okay yeah, okay um yeah sir. okay um <laughs> you can get the CD on amazon.com you know of course and
3: mm-hmm. or
2: antonesrecordshop.com and that's like a n t o n e s uh record You know, of course, record, R-E-C-O-R-D, shop.com. And that's a place in Texas, and I was actually proud to have it for sale there because it's a blues, you know, a blues record shop. You know, everybody's blues CDs, Buddy Guy, uh, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Clapton, They, you know, they sell stuff like that, and I was happy for them to put it on their shelf. Cool, that's uh, awesome. That's
1: definitely an honor
2: yeah that, yeah and then um websites i have uh um i have live myrasabi live blues world like live l i b e and then blues you know world um pretty much uh you know i have those two sites and uh, of course blues power myrasabi on facebook Mm-hmm. And if they want to purchase the CD other than that, they could of course, get in touch with me um, either on Facebook or on um, on Live Blue's World, and I'd be more than glad to um, mail them a CD. And, awesome. Um, yeah, and, uh, and upcoming shows. Well, we did the one in uh, um, the World Bar uh, last night, and we're going to be doing one in a similar show, but that'll be with a full band. Uh, it's going to be in October. At oh, the, cool! Uh, it's going to be a black tie event, you know, you know, but it's going to be with the full band. Very cool. I'll, I'll try right,
1: awesome. so, on that. Yeah, yeah. So everyone, definitely uh, check him out at uh, MyersRizabi.com and also purchase a copy of his album "Blues Is the Color" on, as he said, Anton's Record Shop, or you can get it on Amazon.com or by directly contacting him. So thank you so much, Meyer, for coming on tonight. It was such a pleasure having you on the air and helping support you and promote your album and get your name out there.
2: Thank you very much, Carrie. Thank you. It was a great show, and thanks. Okay, and I really appreciate it, and goodbye to everybody. Absolutely.
1: Okay, and uh, Meyer, just be be aware that once the show is over, the podcast will be available, so you can continue to promote it, because anyone who missed it will be able to access it whenever they want.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you. All Definitely right.
1: Definitely okay, thank. thanks so much for coming on. Okay. All right. Thank Have a great guys. night. Take care.
2: Thank you too.
1: Bye-bye. Okay, everyone, again, that was Meyer Razabi tonight. Please continue to promote the podcast as if, if your friends or anyone didn't get a chance to tune in, it will be available within ten or fifteen minutes once the show ends. Okay, and again, be be, um, mindful to purchase his album on Amazon.com. So I just want to let everyone know, next week we have on, let's see, it's been a long day, Um, Wednesday, July 27th, we have John Toll coming on, who is a stand-up comedian, and his act can be seen performing at comedy clubs throughout the country. He um, also has performed regularly with the Miserable Men from the Howard Stern Show, which, as we know, includes Julie, Mike Moores, Mark Burns. He's also performed with Richard Christie and Sal Governale, as well as he has many upcoming shows with Paulie Shore. Uh, anyone who is interested in checking out John Toll right now, you can go to John Toll. That's J O H N T O L E dot net. So please tune in again next week, eight o'clock p.m., July 27th, to hear an interview with. Comedian John Toll, And thanks so much for tuning in again tonight Everyone, I appreciate the support And we'll be back next week We're going to lead off tonight with my song Leave it all behind Which is the title track of my debut album That you can find on iTunes By searching Carrie Edelman